Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Ross McKinney, professor of pediatrics and director of the Trent Center for Bioethics, Humanities, and History of Medicine at the Duke University School of Medicine. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Ross McKinney. Thank you very much. We are at Nana. Is this a restaurant? It is a restaurant located in Durham, North Carolina. Is it good? Yeah, it's good so far. And you gave a talk today of conflict of interest with physicians. Do you mean that physicians are conflicted between something? They don't make always the right decisions? Uh, yeah, that's very simple. Physicians are often conflicted. Uh, Give me an lot. example. Okay. So, um, uh, well, the, the classic example is uh, Charlie Nemiroff, who is the chairman of psychiatry at Emory, who received a million dollars, give or take a little bit. You sound bitter. Uh, I'm not bitter. I'm just impressed. <laughs> but he got about a million dollars and didn't tell Emory that he was getting it. And, in fact, told them he wasn't. So, in fact, there are a lot of... And they, actually, many physicians are conflicted because... Uh, wait, wait. He got this money from who, and why was he conflicted over it? He was uh, got the money from SmithKline, GlaxoSmithKline. That's, that's a medical company? It is a pharmaceutical company. He got the money... Um, and was doing research sponsored by the NIH, where he was supposed to be a dispassionate researcher, and in fact, instead of being a dispassionate researcher, he was on the payroll, basically, of the company. Okay, and the claim is that because he was on the payroll of the company, he kind of liked their products more for some reason? Oh, absolutely. He would be inclined to favor their products. Is there, is there evidence that he actually favored their products because he was paid? I don't have any evidence that he was favoring their products, but he received so much money, it would be very hard for him not to have bias towards their products. So so the problem is that uh, when, when people are paid by companies, and presumably the company paid him because they want him to be biased, now, do you think he thought he was biased? I doubt he thought he was biased. I'm sure I described it as a bipartite brain. He thought in half of his brain he was doing the right thing for patients, and at the same time he was getting money. Okay, so this is a general problem in medicine where people get paid from drug companies and, and then supposedly do impartial research? Uh, it's a very common problem. They may receive money from a variety of sources and yet at the same time um, be paid by um, pharmaceutical companies. So who, for example, is paying you right now? Um, I actually received money from Gilead Sciences to be on a data safety monitoring board. Um, as it happens, that's work that... I'm paid to, to try and be a dispassionate and, um, analyst of their research. And can you be? Yes. I actually think I can. But I'm an example <laughs> of, of how, how can the company who is asking you to be dispassionate pays you to be dispassionate, and yet you are working with the company. So how, how could you and this number of guy? I mean, why is he, was he not dispassionate that you can be? Is it just because everybody has this split when they think that they can do the right thing? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's a, it is a challenge um, because um, if you are paid for a service, so the service that I am paid for is to keep the company clean. So in fact, I feel relatively better about what I am doing because that is the actual payment is to keep the company ethically clean. So so would it work, for example, if they decided to pay you for four years and then fire you and they'll pay you regardless of what you found? That is exactly the kind of payment that should happen. Rather than being an ongoing payment where they decide they judge you on a regular basis, 
but if they were to say, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars to do this service for a period of time, and at the end of the time, you're going to get the payment, no matter whether you say we should close the study or not. That is the correct way to do it. Okay, so what what can we do against that? I mean, next time we go to see a doctor, what should we think about? My goodness, they have conflict of interest. We should never trust what they're saying? Uh, not necessarily, but a lot of them... So, for example, if you see notepads from a company, if you see the uh, staff going out for lunch with a pharmaceutical rep at lunch, you have to wonder about the effect that that's had on their prescribing habits. Okay, so what, what can we do about it as, as consumers of medicine? Um, you should ask your physician, what is the kind of data that you're using to make this decision? Um, are there studies about this drug that um, tell you that this is the right drug to use in the situation? Can you tell me a little bit about... But, but these studies were paid for by medical companies. Uh, very often that's the case. Um, so, in fact, it can get difficult because sooner or later you're going to get back to where there's some influence of the pharmaceutical industry. Pharmaceutical industry spent $51 billion in 2005 on uh, drug development. They sponsor most clinical research of, uh, of drugs. So, so this is all very depressing. What can we do about it? I mean, what can we trust? Is there anything we can trust? Uh, you can trust NIH-sponsored research, um, or you can trust research that's coming from some academic research organizations that have uh, very tight contracting around them. So when you go to a doctor, what, what do you ask them when you go to see a physician? I cheat. I am a physician. So I usually know, um, but I ask them, you know, what, what, so for example, there are questions about, you know, I have a high blood sugar. What should I think about it? What should I do? And I'd ask them, what kind of research are you basing that on? Okay, would you ask them also what kind of conflict of interest they might be in? Are you being paid? Are you on the board of some company? Stuff like that? You ask people? Or is it just of too offensive? I would be too offensive to ask him. And if, I know my physician, and I know he wouldn't do that kind of thing because I know how busy he is, and he doesn't have time to do that kind of thing. Okay, so you want a busy physician. That's a good, a good thing is a busy clinical physician who uh, is... Who doesn't do research. Uh, well, in fact, that may be cleaner, but you never know because the pharmaceutical reps can come in and, and bias them because they're meeting with them, taking them out to dinner, going golfing with them. Any, any hope for the future, for anything getting better on this uh, regard? Uh, well, there's a law called the Cole-Grassley Act where the um, federal government is going to require pharmaceutical uh, industry um, companies to, to publish um, the payments that they make to physicians and other care providers. That actually is our hope for the future. Okay, so on this helpful note, hopeful note, thank you very much and uh, for your unbiased opinion. Thank you and enjoy your dinner. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, Professor of Behavioral Economics at Duke University. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com. Thank <laughs> you.